kingdom work we get to do together. Thank you so much, and Happy New Year. That is awesome. Um, thanks, Amber, for sharing that. And um, yeah, that's just cool. That's just it's cool to be part of a church that serves and gives so so generously of their time, talent, and treasure. And it's just it's awesome. We're we are uh, small, but we are mighty, and we are thankful for what the Lord's doing, and that He's adding so many good things um, to our to our city, to our neighborhoods, to our community, to our world through um, efforts that that y'all are uh, just picking the mantle up on. So thank you. Um, we're so glad you're here in person. If you're joining us online, my name is Ryan Snow. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And Happy New Year. Um, I hope everyone had a great holiday. I know it was a little different that we were off last week, but man, it was, it was good. I think it was needed. I was able to go down, watch that beat down in style of the Ravens, Lucas. It was so awesome to um, watch, watch the Bengals do that and who day today. To my peeps in Kansas City that might be on, um, love you. Chief's my second favorite, but I hope we beat you like you stole something today. So, um, well, hey, I just want to take about 30 seconds, and I just want everyone to close their eyes, and I want you to ask the Lord if you haven't already, and if you already have, maybe ask him for more of what does he want to do and add in your life this year? Like maybe maybe addition by subtraction or just add like what's something he call, what's he calling you to as a person as a family in 2022 We invite you, Holy Spirit, in this place. Thank you for um, your presence. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the gift of a new year. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in this church, in these families, in our lives, in ministries, in our friendships. Jesus, I pray that 2022 is a robust year of your power, of your goodness, of your breakthrough in our lives and in our congregation. In Jesus' name we pray, Father, amen. Once I think about 2022, I think about, you know, every year, just kind of what, what are goals, what do you want to do, like, and then, you know, sometimes I like to look back, too, and a lot of times I'm like, oop, still fat, or oop, still mean, or like, you know, whatever, and then you just look at some of the stuff, but I think it's good, too, to um, ask God sometimes for things that go beyond what we can do on our own. I think a lot of times that we fall short on our visions and our dreams for our lives, because I think we just think of things we can pull off on our own, with our own faculties, with our own finances, with our own like ability to be charming or sweet or whatever. <clears throat> and I'm not saying that those things are wrong to have just personal goals, but also like what, what's the things God's wanting to do in our lives that um, will take a move of him to pull off? And those are the kind of things that I've started to kind of dream and pray more. And I think back like, wow, like, like a year ago at this time, my life was so different was working at a bank. I was interviewing for this, uh, for this position to be here. My family dynamic was different. Um, you know, my, uh, it was just, it, it was so much different. But I think about um, how much God's changed in just a year, but then I also think about 
how really none of those things or really nothing is that overnight. Like sometimes it is. There's just a sweeping effect of change, but a lot of times there's a bunch of stuff leading up to that sweeping moment, right? It's like, yeah, when you get married, it changed everything, but you had that process of dating and getting to know each other or maybe going through a few bad ones to find the right one. And, um, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm ever reminded of how much the process matters to God as the product. And I think a lot of people love this time of year for so many reasons. Like uh, yesterday, I'm staring at cookies galore and stuff on the counter. I'm just like, nope, nope. Like that old George Bush, like, not gonna do it, not gonna touch it. And, and I didn't. And, um, like, you know, I, I want to be healthier this year. I want to be stronger this year. I want to be leaner. And I want to, um, you know, kind of just uh, reclaim some stuff that I've given away by just bad choices I've made. And I know other people hate this time of year. Like, if you want to buy fitness stuff, don't buy it this much. Buy it in March because a lot of people have already given up, and then they'll turn around and sell their Bowflex to you for half what they paid for it. And, and I think that goals scare some people. They excite other people. Who, who are people that are goal people? Let me see your hands. If you're like a write-down goals. Who are people that hate write-down goal people? Yeah, it, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I think it's easy to get swept away and just feel like, well, everyone else had, had a New Year's resolution, so I have to also. But I think it's also good to know that um, God's mercies are new every morning, and they're new every year, and he's making all things new. And there's things in our lives that he really does want to add to or change or replace. There's, there's lots of things that he, he, he wants to do in all of our lives. And, um, but here's the thing. Your goal in life does not have to be written or stated or come to you the same way it comes to me or anyone else. Like we always say to our kids, our goal is not to be like everyone else, it's to be like Jesus. And our goal, our goal here at the Vineyard Florence is not to be like every other church. I'm not saying that they're wrong or whatever, but we want to live into the thing God has for us. We want to live into that specific thing that Jesus has for us and that we want to do only what he tells us to do. And so that said, but I wonder why sometimes, do you ever wonder why your growth and success feels so delayed? Do you ever wonder why, Lord, I don't feel like I have that thing other people have, or I'm not as spiritually mature, or maybe I haven't got there yet, or I don't have the type of life that everyone else seems to have? Like, why don't I compare to other people? And so it's easy at this time of year when you maybe in three, four months, like you see none of your goals have been made and then you, you know, see people that are, you know, that the changes are happening for them. And I think sometimes it's best to look forward by first looking backwards. And I love good backstories. Um, I'm a, I love history. I'm a Star Wars geek. I love like, I just got done watching the first, uh, the, the first chapter of the book of Bubba Fett. It made me happy to see if there's a new Star Wars story because I love the backstories behind like the bigger picture. And I want to talk about 2022 maybe through a little backstory. If you got a Bible, we're going pretty low key today. And that's the only slide you'll see today. So if you got a Bible, if you'll open up with me to Genesis chapter 17. And whatever rendering that you have, I'm reading today out of the NLT. 
And it goes a little something like this. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him. I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I guarantee to give you countless descendants. At this, Abram fell face down on the ground. Then God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I will make you father of multitude of nations. What's more, I'm changing, I'm changing your name. You will no longer be called Abram. Instead, you'll be Abraham. For you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations, and kings will be amongst them. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you. From generation to generation, this is the everlasting covenant. I will always be, with, I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. And then we skip ahead to verses 15 and 19, and it says, Then God said to Abraham, regarding your wife Sarai, her name will no longer be Sarai, for her name will now be Sarah. And I will bless her, and I will give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly. She will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be amongst her descendants. Then Abraham bowed down to the ground, but he laughed to himself in disbelief. How can he become a father at the age of 100? He thought, how can Sarah have a baby when she is 90 years old? So Abraham said to God, may my son Ishmael live under your special blessing. But God said, no, Sarah, your wife, will give birth to a son for you. You will name him Isaac, and I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant. So Abraham was this guy that lived in Ur, land of the Chaldeans, which was like a rock probably, and God was calling him west, and he said, I'm going to give you this new place. So Abraham packed up all of his gear and all of his people, and they headed west. Not unlike people in the 1800s going to look for gold, Abraham was going to look for, for a new place, and God took him to this land of Canaan. And Canaan was his people, um, it was kind of like a barbaric place, very tribal. Most of the world was very tribal back then. There weren't yet domineering world governments as we would see later on through like the Assyrians or the Greeks or the Romans. There wasn't, or the Persian, there weren't these type of things yet. The world was very scattered and fragmented and it was a dangerous place back then. It was kind of like every person for themselves. So when Abraham left, he took his whole household, which was probably, um, I'm guessing probably a hundred people or better. So he'd take all of his family, their family members, all the people who work for him, that work with him, and they all packed up and headed for this place, Canaan. They were a people and a place chosen by God to be his beloved beacon to the rest of the world. Now, I think Abraham's interesting because the, the dude, you want to talk about a late bloomer? I mean, 100 years old. I mean, like Betty White just died the other day, and she was, what, 22 days shy of being 100. Can you imagine God coming to Betty? at that age and say, hey, Betty, you're going to have a son. Like, seriously, I mean, like, you know, can you imagine when you're 55 or 60, let alone 100? But God, see, here's the thing. God doesn't, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. 
And he just looks at Abraham. He says, listen, dude, serve me faithfully and live a blameless life and watch what I do. So they start off as a nation of sojourners, just like ours. People came from one place to another to find that place they believed God was calling them to. And they rose from the womb of a barren woman that was 90. And they were not chosen because of what they could do, but instead of because what God wanted to do through them. See, a lot of times God puts things on our hearts that have no contingency upon our capacity to pull them off. Do you know that? There's probably things that you're sitting on, maybe things you've sensed, things you've heard, maybe words given to you, or things you've just had even dreams about. Do you know that they're not at all contingent upon your capacity to pull them off? All they're contingent upon is like, will you live a life that says yeah to Jesus? See, Jesus doesn't need us on any level. Do you know Jesus doesn't need you? Do you know he doesn't need you one drop? He wants you. To be wanted is way better than to be needed. But a lot of times, people, we just look at what we have and we don't imagine all God could do through us and for us with what he's given us. So the nomads of Abraham and the slaves of Egypt so these people God called, do you know it wasn't long till they became slaves? This nation grew, and over the next couple hundred years, they became a big people, but Egypt's like, hey, they're kind of a threat. We're going to trap them, we're going to enslave them, and we're going to do this thing. And so it wasn't from Abraham until Moses, which was spanned at least a thousand years, that this promise of Abraham, this little seed, just sat there in the ground. And it grew, it percolated some, but it wasn't what they thought. See, see Abraham in those in-between verses that we see, um, and we see the other parts in Genesis, Abraham wasn't so faithful. God gave him this promise. So he's like, well, uh, my 90-year-old wife is not going to be able to do this, so I'm going to go get with my hot 20-year-old maidservant because uh, that should work. And Sarah's like, okay, cool. But then we see the wreckage of the shortcut in their family, and their lineage. And we still see it today because even, even uh, uh, like in the Quran, they have a parallel story where the people of, of, of like the Middle East, the Muslims, like emerge from Ishmael. The people of Judaism emerge from Ishak or Isaac. So we still have this running tension thousands of years later, because a guy chose to shortcut God's plan. Because God gave him a seed, and Abraham wanted a tree. And he said, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to get it my way, the way it looks plausible, that looks possible, the way that looks like I can pull it off. Because Sarah, um, she's probably a little too, she's never had a child, and let alone, um, she's probably not going to start when she's 90 years old. So Israel was a people time and again that they had a penchant for idols, unbelief, and desiring what everyone else had. Israel was this little nation, this little crown jewel of heaven that always wanted to be like everyone else. And God said, I want you to be with me. And it was never enough. So constantly they would have this call, 
they would repent, they would come, they would go, and then they would become like the people around them again and again and again. They would get enslaved, they would be taken over, they'd be ransacked, they would be hijacked, then they would, they would repent, they'd cry out, God would come, rinse and repeat. So from the time of Moses till the present, God called Israel out of Egypt, had a plan of redemption for his people, but they would not yield to the process. Are you stuck in reverse? Are you stuck in the mud or just longing to be like everyone else? Like you look at other people's lives and you're like, well, they got a great big tree in their life. They got a great family. They got a great job. They got great cars. They got a great house. They got a great life. They got their best life now, but I'm sitting over here with just a handful of seeds. I want their tree. And so we do everything we can on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, just in life to try to look like everyone else, to try to posture that we've made it. And we want a tree, but God gives us seeds. Do you have a hard time hearing the Lord? Do you have a hard time getting breakthrough? Do you have a hard time um, seeing God's fullness in your life? I mean, I know I do. There's so many things that I, I just suck at. And there's so many things that I refuse to yield on. And so many, and I just wonder like sometimes like, Lord, why is my life in this spin cycle? And I think a lot of times I'm just like queen. Like, I want it all. I want it now, Right? Yeah, I sing better than Freddie Mercury. You guys knew that. Watch out, Lucas. <laughs> but I want this big grand thing, and I got to have it yesterday. But I think if I got that tree right now, I might treat it more like the giving tree. Anyone ever read that book by Shel Silverstein? It's this great kid's book of the giving tree, this <clears throat> this little boy had this tree, and he loved the tree. He'd go out there and frolic every day and play on it and hang on the branches and puts a swing up, and he starts, you know, he used it for enjoyment and has fun, and he would go out this tree every day as a boy, and this tree was magical. And he would uh, communicate with this tree, and over and over again, he would go out there. But as he gets older, he starts to visit the tree less, but every time he comes, he's chopping off a piece of wood. He's taking some leaves. He's taking a branch. He's doing more and more. He's like, hey, I got to build this thing. Okay, take some of my branches, like the giving tree says. And so the boy, he's like, I haven't seen you in a while. He's like, oh, sorry, I've been busy. And so, oh, I need this skate ramp, or I need this whatever. He's like, well, take some of my whatever. And the boy just keeps taking and taking. And eventually, he wants to build a house. And so he just cuts the tree down, and he doesn't come back for years. And one day, he comes back, and he's a very old man. And I'm kind of um, condensing this story but he comes back, and all there's left is a stump. And the tree's like, it's good to see you, man. And the old man plops his old saggy butt down and just sits on the stump that he created. And I think a lot of us, we have these things that God wants to give us life through, but we just want to consume them. We want to take them. We want to use them for our purposes. We want to use them for our plans. And we forget the one who gave them to us, like what it was for and what he wants to do with it. And we want what everyone else has, but a lot of times when we're done with it, it's just a stump. It's a figment of what was originally intended. 
And I think the Lord cares just about as much what we become as what he has planned for us. Like, do you know the process? And I've said this before, the process greatly matters to God. It greatly matters. It greatly matters to God that we, um, how we do what we do. And I think too many of us think we've arrived before we actually get there. And so I want to ask you, what are you being called in 2022 for your 2023 that God wants to be radically different than 2021? So maybe you won't just have a handful of seeds, but maybe you'll start to see a tree. Like I have, I have family, I have some family who always tries to look the part. They always try to be like their rich neighbors, always try to do well, always try to put it on, but really at the end, on the outside, they look great. But on the inside, it's full of alcoholism and brokenness and rage and suicide attempts and just messed up stuff because they want to look like everyone else, but God didn't intend for them to be like everyone else. And it's sad, the older they get, a lot of them, just how lonely and sad it looks because it gets more, more obvious. You see the cracks in the foundation more obviously. You see the roof kind of doing that because the foundation's been bowed and marred. And they try to keep up, but their character doesn't match their calling or their aspirations. So a lot of times we want a tree and God gives us seeds. And he says, what are you going to do with the seeds that I gave you? In Matthew chapter 25, there's this great story where um, talking about the parable of the sower. And the parable of the sower um, basically, what, what's happened in verses 14 through 30, and I'm just going to paraphrase this, is Jesus says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants, and he divided the portions to their abilities. The word abilities there can be, um, it actually can be a very encompassing term in the Greek that can mean um, according to their um, physical, spirit, spiritual, moral makeup. So it wasn't just like, oh, you're really good, so I'm going to give you this. It was like, no, I'm going to give you according to what you can handle. And so it's interesting. He gives one guy one talent, one guy three, one guy five. Well, the guy with five goes and doubles it. The guy with three goes and doubles it. The guy with one, God comes look at him. He says, what did you do? He's like, dude, I was afraid, so I didn't want to lose the one you gave me, so I wrapped it up and dug a hole in the ground, and here it is. Cave kept safe for you. God did not rebuke the guy because he didn't do what the five-talent guy did. He didn't rebuke him that he didn't do what the three-talent guy. He said, what did you do with what I gave you? Jesus is never going to look at your spouse when he calls you to the carpet. He's never going to look at your parents. He's never going to look at your boss. He's never going to look at your friends. He's never going to look at that kid that beat you up in eighth grade. He's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? I gave you seeds. What did you do with it? So Jesus, that's, that, that's, what is, that's what he's doing in all of our lives, is he's not doing anything beyond what he has for us specifically. So this thing, this fascination Israel had with everyone around him, God says, just look at me. Jesus says, when you've seen the Father, you've seen me. Just look at me, and I'll show you you. 
Quit trying to get your definition from things that can't define you. And the issue is, is I think that we live in a nation in a time where we value a moment of fame or going viral way more than a lifetime of character. And God, instead, in the scripture says, do not despise small beginnings. See, the Lord rarely uses people at first glance who are born noble, who are born powerful, born amazing. He just, he's just looking for people who will be faithful. Whatever your plight is, if you're a king or you're a pauper, God is just looking for people who will be faithful. And so where do you need breakthrough this year? Are you willing to keep your end of the covenant? God said, I'll make a covenant with you, Abraham. He said, I made a covenant with Israel. God will always keep his end. And he'll keep it with us. He'll never quit. He'll never stop. But he's not going to rush it. He's not going to force it. Exodus chapter 23, turn there with me if you got a, you got a Bible or, or on your phone. Exodus chapter 23, verses 20 through 32. This has become one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. See, I am sending, and this is when, when the Israelites had gotten, gotten like the uh, Ten Commandments, they're out of Egypt, the whole ten, you know, all the plagues. This is, the people are teetering on the promised land at this point in time, okay? He says, see, I'm sending an angel before you to protect you on your journey and lead you safely to the place I've prepared for you. Pay close attention to him and, and obey all of his instructions. Do not rebel against him, for he is my representative, and he will not forgive your rebellion. But if you are careful to obey him, following all of my instructions, then I will be an enemy to your enemy, and I will oppose those who oppose you. Do you know sometimes some of us can't get out of the way of things because um, we won't give ourselves enough distance to let God become an enemy to those things for us. We keep trying to fight in our own strength. God, I'm never going to smoke again. I'm never going to look at porn again. I'm never going to beat someone again. I'm never going to lie again. I'm never going to drink again. And it's like, and God just says, why don't you just lay that stuff down? Ask me for my strength and watch what I do. Let me become the enemy for that thing for you. Let me fight that for you. Watch what I do to my enemies. I eviscerate them. I eviscerate them. I destroy them systematically. And I think some of us in our lives that um, we're holding on to too much baggage and luggage and garbage. Um, and God's, and they've, we've never let those things become enemy of God because we hold them so dear. Those are our crutches. And God says, I want to be, be your God. I want to be the one who upholds you. I want to be the one that helps you. And he says this, for my angel will go before you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, Hizzites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hivites, Jebusites, that you will live there and I will destroy them completely. God says, I'll do it. I'll do it. 
You must not worship any of the gods, though, of those nations or serve them in any way or imitate their evil practices. Instead, you must utterly destroy them and smash their sacred pillars. Friends, before some of us can ever graduate in that goal, dream, vision that we have for the future, we have to chuck off some things in the past. There are some things like in my life that for years just held me back and I hit my head and my toes on it again and again and again and again and again. And I love being here, but man, I'm probably 10 years delayed on some stuff like that God might have done in my early 30s, could have been my mid-40s just because I wouldn't yield. I wouldn't let him fight those battles for me. I wouldn't let him, I wouldn't let those things become his enemy instead of mine. He says, you must serve the Lord your God only. If you do, I'll bless you with food and water. I'll protect you from illness. There'll be no miscarriage or infertility in your land. I will give you long, full lives. I will send my hornet ahead of you, or I'll send my terror ahead of you, and I'll create a panic amongst all the people of the lands you invade. I will make all of your enemies turn and run. Do you know there's a lot of land God wants us to take in our lives, things he wants us to cover and obtain, that he wants to give us new territory, territory that's occupied by evil institutions, by evil people, or just people that aren't even walking with Jesus. I'm not whatever evil, but there's things God wants to give to us. He says, I want to give these things to you. I want to fulfill those. I'm the one that put the dreams and the visions and the, the aspirations in your heart. But you got to do it my way, in my time, on my terms. He says, I will make your enemies turn and run. And I'll send terror ahead of you to drive out the Hivites, Canaanites, and Hittites. But I will not, but listen to this. This is the part where this has uh, transformed my life. But I will not drive them out in a single year. Because if I did, the land would become desolate and wild animals would multiply and threaten you. Instead, I'll drive them out a little bit at a time until your population is increased enough to take possession of the land. I love that. Like, if you think about that, God says, I'm going to drive your enemies out one at a time. And most of us kind of have, I, like I know at times I've only, I've had the posture like, Lord, unless you do this all, I'm not doing anything. But God was so concerned with the process because like the problem is never, the problem is never just the booze or the gambling or the porn or the anger, is it? Those are the topical zit, right? But there's this bigger iceberg of infection underneath that God said, hey, Clear out that little one, give that a break, let me have that, and let me show you what's underneath. So I've seen a process in my life of growth and healing where there were so many things that God wanted to clear out, and God wanted to break, and he wanted to take, and he said, but I won't do it all at once. Because here's the thing, sometimes if we got that tree right now, we wouldn't consume the tree, the tree would consume us. Because it's like that little thing, like that super serum, the Captain America, it like makes bad worse and makes good better. If our character doesn't match our calling, we'll always fall down to the place of the character lap, not the calling potential. So God says, I want to drive these things out one at a time. 
He says, I want to go in every battle with you. And that's not because he wants us to languish or die on the vine. It's the exact opposite. He says, I want to prove my faithfulness to you. I want to prove my friendship to you. That's why prayer matters so much, friends. Like we have all these prayer offerings at the end of service, before service, on uh, uh, Monday night intercession, on Zoom on Tuesdays, on Thursdays. We have this prayer because this is the this is our only move. Your only move is not a self-help book. Your only move is not Dr. Phil. Your only move is not Oprah. It's not what everyone else does. The, the people of God live by the word of God, and they hear the voice of God. That's our move. That's our hope. And that's how we take the land. This is where seeds become trees. And the God says, and God says, make no treaties with them and their gods. You must not live in their land or they will cause you to sin against me. If you serve their gods, you'll be caught in the trap of idolatry and I'll basically have nothing to do with you. See, the point was never inheriting the land or becoming a nation. Do you remember God promised Abraham the earth and the Israelites got this idol of their own boundaries? And God says, I don't want just a place the size of Rhode Island. I have so much more for you than that, but you can only, it's always easier to start where you are instead of starting where you're not. So Abraham, leave this next door neighbor, go to this land of Canaan. That's the land that I'm giving you. But then from there, he says, I'll bless you and make you many nations, and I want to give you the earth. So Abraham had seeds, and he wanted a tree, but God said, I have a whole forest for you, if you'll trust me. See, in our lives, friends, God doesn't just have a tree for you or me. Now, maybe what we're called to in 2022 is the start of that. Maybe it's the first tree. Maybe it's the second. Maybe it's the tenth. Or maybe we just have seeds. Or maybe we're just like looking. We got nothing in our hands. We don't know what to do with anything. But he says, if you trust me, I'll give you little. And then if you're faithful at that, I'll give you more. He says, because you want trees I give you seeds, but I won't just give you a tree. I'll give you a forest if you're faithful to me. God has amazing things. There's this if-then paradigm, though, that exists. God says, if you do this, I will do that. Here's the picture. Here's the plan. Here's what I have. I love you. I'm inviting you. I'm calling you. But if you do this, you'll get that. But if you don't, we'll just wait. Because God says, I don't want, I want you to possess the land, not the land to possess you. Because God doesn't just care about the end result. He cares about the process. Like, he cares about you. He cares if you make it. He cares if I make it. He cares if our families make it. Like, he cares about that stuff. And we're all going to enter heaven with a limp. You know, we're all going to, we're all going to, enter there, that place, and be pretty marred. But thank God for new bodies, right? Right? I mean, just thank, thank God for that. Like, he has a new, there's a new city, there's a new heaven, there's a new earth, there's new bodies. Behold, he makes everything new. And I think we need to learn how to walk before we learn how to run. And I just want you to know that you're not, you're not an accident, you're not forgotten, you're not 
Even, even if your life was born of an accident, like you're not an accident to God. He wasn't caught off guard by your arrival. He's not caught off guard by your struggle. He's not caught off guard by what people have done to you or what you do to other people. He's not. He has great things for all of us this year. He has great things for all of us in our lives, but it will not look like everybody else, and it definitely won't look like the way the world does it. Because friends, faithfulness and fruitfulness are closely connected. And a lot of our lives aren't as fruitful as we would like because honestly, we're not as faithful as God would like. I love Zechariah 4.10. It says, do not despise small beginnings or the Lord's discipline. Maybe 2022 is gonna be a year of discipline for you. Think about the root of discipleship is discipline. A disciple is one who gives themselves to the discipline of Jesus, to the process of becoming like Jesus. And friends, that involves loads of time in this. The only way not to, not to, like I'll say jokingly a lot of times, go and sin less. The only time to do that is to hide this word in your heart so you don't sin against him. That's what David said. So if, if you don't spend a lot of time in the word and you don't spend a lot of time in prayer, I'm sorry, you're not a spiritual giant, nor will you ever be one until you get this. And you might be like, well, I do that all the time and my life's still a freaking wreck. Well, guess, guess what? You're not the one who makes the seeds grow. And in that time of toiling and tilling and blood, sweat, and tears, and you're on your face, there's a forest. There's a forest that's growing underneath you. So whether you're like a neophyte or you're in the dog fight or you're like, you know, already whatever, God is so faithful. And if you want to grow in faithfulness in your life, it's, it's, it's simple, but simple and easy aren't the same. It's just... Day after day, we push past the pain to the enjoyment of becoming more like Jesus. So what, what has this got to take, where does this take more precedent in your life this year? Maybe instead of turning on sports talk radio on the way to work or turning on Q102 or whatever, maybe you listen to the Bible, go to the U version or Bible Gateway. They have audio Bible if you want to listen to it when you drive. Maybe wake up 15 minutes earlier, four days a week, and just say, I'm just going to listen, Jesus. I'm going to read a chapter. If you've been reading a verse, maybe read a chapter. Sign up for a house group. I'll tell you what, that's going to be one of our most um, indispensable disciple-making uh, vehicles as a church. Because we want trees. Maybe we want one disciple, but God wants a forest of disciples. We want a tree in our life, but God says, I got a forest for you, but it just might not be what you think. And it's going to be better than you can imagine. I love in uh, 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 9, where it says, like, eye is not seen, ear is not heard, nor mind is perceived what God has in store for those who love him. So you want a tree, he gets seeds, and if you're faithful with those trees, with those seeds, you won't just get a tree, but a forest. And so we're gonna pray now. We're gonna pray, and the worship team's gonna um, do what they do, and the prayer teams, I invite you up. Just encourage you to, um, you know, have your hands out, have your head down, get on your knees, put your head on your chair, whatever you got to do. But just, I really encourage you. It, and this message is meant to be um, hopeful.
but then also kind of like a reality check. Because I don't just want to end up 2022 still wishing I'd done A, B, and C. Or I don't want to do A, B, and C if it's keeping me from the forest God has for my life and yours. So maybe just ask Jesus now, say, Lord, where, where are some things that I've, not be, that I've not let you be an enemy to in my life that I've loved and cherished too much that's keeping me from the great things you have for me? Where's an attitude that I've got? Where's a belief I've got? Where's a tape I keep playing in my head that I keep playing that you're not enough, that you're not good, that I can't surrender to you? Jesus, I pray over people's businesses, dreams, marriage, loved ones, their jobs, ministries. I pray over stamina, for endurance. I pray for people to hold on tight, Father. I pray for us not to faint or give up. I pray for people stuck in addictions, with sex, with gambling, with alcohol, with drugs, with food, with love, uh, with attention, etc. Lord, where do we want to see our seeds become trees in 2022, in forests in 2023 and beyond? Lord, I pray for our relational issues, for our hopes, our friendships, for new starts, for courage, for joy, for peace, for hope, gladness. Lord, I pray for health, for people struggling with smoking, people will struggle with language, with attitudes, with our finances, with debt, with self-esteem, Lord, with personal fitness, with areas of trust, of compassion, of mercy, of fear. Lord, of loathing, of the changing of the world, Lord, you are still in control. And for people that see no hope for the future, where do we need a shot in the arm, Lord, to persevere and see you? Lord, help us to try something new this year. Help us to plant new seeds. Help us to tend new trees. And help us to be people for you and for others. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll keep praying. If you need prayer, we have people spread out across the room in the back. And uh, we'd love to pray for you today.